on the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for steampunk event information in the great free state of Texas. We also discuss books, films, comics, and games. Also, we enjoy visiting with the local steampunk luminaries. I'm Flavio. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax, your hosts. Thank you for tuning in, and now on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Texas Steampunk Connection, Season 2, Episode 14. Now, I know it's probably been about two weeks, but man, it feels like it's been longer. Anyway, so how's everybody doing? I think it has been longer. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I lost track of time. It's summer, and there's... It's it's easy to, you know, hole up in your house and stay away from the heat. There really hasn't been a lot going on to yep. talk about. It's, it's, so. it's so damn hot outside. Oh, yeah. Actually, today it's actually not as bad, but it's still hot. We're getting some rain coming in. <laughs> Speaking of not a lot going on, I still tried to go to a convention this, yet this weekend. Yesterday, in fact. It was a Bell County Comic Convention. Apparently, it was the first one they tried. That's you, up near Colleen. So yes, you had it's a little drive. Colleen. It's about 30 minutes away. However, man, you can tell it was a first-year convention. It was very bad, badly organized. Why is that? I didn't get in. Oh, what? no. Because it was crazy. I drove up. No riffraff? <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't let me in because I'm riffraff. That's what it is. I wasn't in my steampunk garb, so I just look like an ordinary person. <laughs> but it was just bad. I drive up, and I already see a long-ass line. I mean, it, I mean, the building's a round building, so the line was practically going around around to the other side like back of the building but there was construction so it veered off into the parking lot <laughs> so I park in that in that area I get out of my car I'm looking at it and next thing I know the line is behind my car uh. <laughs> so I can't even back out if I wanted to unless I wanted to hurt some people and I was tempted <laughs> it was hot and I'm sweating and I'm standing there and I stand in line but you've already bought tickets right yes I have pre-bought tickets Okay. And I see people with pre-bought tickets, and I see people with wristbands, and I see people without wristbands, and I don't know. And people are like, you know, everyone just got in line. So I I got in line with them because I'm cattle. I don't, (laughs) I just got in line. (laughs) Uh. I follow the line, and I get there, and I start hearing people talking, and I see somebody come up with wristbands, hand them to his friends behind me, and say, well, this is the line to get in. It's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I don't understand what's happening here. So I get out of line, losing my place. I go check out the front. There's two lines. I was apparently I was in the wrong line. I think. <laughs> I'm not sure because there's still people in line without wristbands and people in line with wristbands, and I don't know what's going on. I see another line that splits into four windows that says pre-bought tickets. That's not the line I was in. <laughs> that line went in a different direction, straight into the parking lot and another side of the parking lot. In the sun, no shade, just terrible. Sounds like they just didn't have enough people yeah. taking so, tickets and directing traffic. Right. And at that point, I had to use the restroom. I was like, well, I'm not going to get inside to use the restroom. It's too long a line. So I, t- I get back in my car, get out of there, go find a place, buy some soda, and just chill out of my car for a while. Maybe, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, I chill out of my car. I drive back, repark somewhere else, and the line's twice as long as it was when I left. Oh. <laughs> like, holy crap. Oh. Oh, I, I didn't know what to do. I was getting frustrated. I sat in my car again for a while because I just want to. I did not want to stand in the, in the sun. I saw some steampunks there. <laughs> so, so you know there were steampunks there were at this steampunks convention. There, yes, oh, I, I don't know if there was any. Some. I don't Poor know if there was any steampunk tracks. You know anything going on inside those steampunk? But there were people dressed in steampunk there, <laughs> standing in the parking lot, standing in the wilting parking lot. into a puddle. Yes, but I did see them on online on their Facebook. They were from the Central Steam Te- Te- Steampunk Group. The what? The the Texas Steam. Central Texas Steampunk Group. Good, good for you. <laughs> <Them people. laughs> good job. 
they got in. I saw them. They had pictures on the inside, so they actually got in. Good for you guys. I hope they had a wow. good time. Uh, but I, I, I just, I, I, I waited for a while. Every time I looked at the line, it just seemed like it got longer and longer to get in. And I said, screw it, and I left. <laughs> so I came here. You know, that reminds me of, of uh, like, three years ago when we went to uh, Comic Palooza. Comic Palooza yep, in, in, Houston. in Houston. In Houston. And... That was a crap show. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. The line the went line on forever and ever and ever. Huge ass line outside. And even if you even if you uh, left and wanted to come back, you couldn't come back through through the any, any yeah, door. They, they funneled you to a certain door. You had to go yeah. through a certain door where the line was. And I could go on and on about this yeah. this event. It's like the schedule is all screwed up. Yeah, nobody was uh, where they were supposed to be. There was a new, there was a nice app that told you where things were supposed to be, and Which if things they did changed, not you know, the app could be changed quickly, and everyone would know. Except they didn't update the app. No, no, <laughs> no. You would just get to where you were supposed to be, and there would be like a handwritten note if scribbled lucky, on the yeah. door with some <laughs> tape saying. Not here. This has been postponed, or this has been moved to, oh, the complete other side of the building, which is miles away. Or we already did this already. We did it earlier. It was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. But I got that to work for me at least one night. So the the dealer's room was supposed to close at 6, but I like to shop. Yeah. And it was like 5 till 6. I'm like, I'm going to go in there anyway. And I bet it doesn't close. And it didn't. Right, yeah, long I got another like two hours in there. Yeah, I, I, I assume at that point, as long as there's still people in there buying stuff, they're not going to go. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I've seen some conventions where they where vendors start packing up early because there's not enough people in there buying stuff. Oh, know? yeah. I've been to conventions like that. Thankfully, but, that was the year that we had the the uh, hotel within walking distance yeah, of the Comic right Palooza. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think I just walked back to the hotel and pouted in the room yeah it was ridiculous like i said the long ass line outside and it's like once we finally got in the door we're like okay but then there was another long ass line inside (laughs) yeah you think you're all you think you finally made it and you realize that was just the beginning of the line we haven't been back to that convention since no we haven't uh I don't think there's been a whole take, lot of steampunk stuff going take on. Take that as notice, uh, Bell County Comic Con. You you only get one shot at this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I uh, well, I wanted to meet Flash Gordon. He was going to be there <laughs> from the movie Flash he, Gordon. He probably didn't get in. <laughs> <laughs> I figured by the time I got in, he'd be on his lunch break, and then he had like a two o'clock, um, you know, picture opportunity thing with the fans. You know, who had to, you know, but those tickets had to be bought in advance as well. Just, of course, and of course. you know. So even if I wanted to get his autograph normally, like at his table, or whatever, he'd be off taking pictures somewhere. So I probably would have never like got to see him. He must be like eighty-seven years old by now, right? He, he looks good in his picture, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he looks kind of buff. <laughs> well, good for him. So, uh, you know, th- this this it feels to me like uh, symptoms of a bigger problem with comic conventions these days, as compared to what I remember. Yeah, they're a lot. Twenty five years ago, they're a lot different now. Conventions were hosted at colleges mm-hmm. by student organizations because they liked comics and or yeah. fandom gener- generally. Right. Um, it wasn't a big. It wasn't like a huge blowout of everything going on at the same time. Kind of. Thing. Um, they were smaller, uh, but they weren't. Ever. Nobody was in it just to to, to make money. Uh, they were uh, celebrating the, the fandom. You know, Wizard World didn't exist, and they didn't host big blowout conventions where dealers had to pay a thousand or more dollars to vend there mm-hmm. and you didn't have to pay eighty dollars or more for the weekend it was you know the costs were there to to pay the facilities right. and and th- nobody was making any money at these things right. and uh, everybody could afford to go 
and, and it, it just felt different. It was well, super yeah, it was different. different. Even not, I mean, back, I remember going in, in San Antonio. There was there were Star Trek, conven- Star Trek conventions at least once a year, once or twice a year, and they were tiny. You know, mm-hmm. they had this, they had the stars from the shows show up for autographs and everything as well, and they had a few panels here and there, but it wasn't like a big craziness where you couldn't barely move when you're inside with everybody. Right. You know, it wasn't overly packed, and I don't know if it's because there wasn't any Star There's always Star Trek fans. There's always been Star Trek fans, you know, but it wasn't a whole craziness thing. I had no problem getting in line, getting autographs, and... <laughs> You know any of that stuff, and they had really. All right, everybody, stop liking what we like and stop going to the things that we like to go to. Yeah, keep it calm, man. Keep Uh, calm. I don't think that's the problem. I I, I'm all for you know inclusiveness. Uh, I think it's it's uh, the the money making focus that oh let's let's run a convention so we can make a ton of loot, and uh, once we've got people's tickets, especially the recently, I've heard stories about conventions that were just shit shows uh, well, but we once you San Antonio recently well not recently a couple years ago in, in, well, San, in the Wonderland Mall yeah that wasn't that great either but I, and worse than, than we've ever been to like conventions where the guests just didn't get picked up at their hotels yeah, yeah. and uh, um, people were pissed off and in, in an effort to to uh, make people happy they gave them free entry to the ball pit whatever that, what, yeah, that what, that's what? you know like like a Chuck E. Cheese he's got that yeah. pit full of balls I mean come on I, don't, I would not get into a ball pit that? on a dare that thing is full of fecal bacteria yeah, craziness <laughs> well I, but no <laughs> Just no. Um, and it just feels like uh, a, a lot of organizers are, are in it for the money. Uh, a few that you you can Google conventions that just were not actually supported. They took the money and they ran. Once they got the, the ticket mm-hmm. sales, they, they were out of there. Their interest in actually running a convention was gone. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm guessing, but I can't figure out, you know... How can you be so stupid? Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm being nice. I'm gonna give the Bell County Expo Center the benefit of the doubt. So they weren't expecting that huge a turnout, even though there were sales in advance tickets. I, but the thing is, you you can't you can't tell how bad it was. You didn't even get in. Right. That's that, that's how bad it was on the outside. Um, uh, but I mean, I don't. I'm not really sure why they didn't wrap the other line around the other side of the building instead of letting it spill out into the parking lot like they did. You know, no crowd control. Yeah, because when I left, when I when I finally decided to leave, there was actually some some police officers actually showed up, and and actually cordoned off the parking lot so cars wouldn't drive through the people <laughs> that were there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so we laugh, but that's happened to like South by Southwest. Yeah, I know, I know, but yeah, so they There's finally they, they were finally starting to do that. But even then, I'm sure why didn't they just redirect the crowd to wrap around the other side of the building, kind of thing, you know. So that basically sets the tone for this episode of Texas Steampunk Connection. Bitching and whining. <laughs> it's the bitching and whining episode. <laughs> Hot outside. Um, Conventions kind of suck sometimes. So if you want to <laughs> complain with us or... or Let's go to the know. phones. <laughs> oh, we don't, I'm sorry, we don't have phones. Here we go. <laughs> uh, what's next on our agenda today? Well, we noticed... Remember Steamy Tech that we met or we saw them in uh, Vegas? Yeah, when we were at uh, Steamathon in Vegas, they I think it was a Steamathon. Yeah, it was Steamathon. Yeah, Steamathon 2016. <laughs> it was a really cool booth. They had lots of motorized gears and uh, you know, moving lights. parts, blinking lights. Um, all their gears were were uh, 
motorized and laser etched yep. uh, uh, wooden pieces. They were really cool. Yeah, all kinds of shapes. Hearts I bought one. Gears. Yeah, all kinds. They all kinds of artistic really? looking mm-hmm. things. But apparently now they're sponsoring a monthly subscription box or bi-monthly. This is a subscription box that they're offering now. Oh yeah. I think they call it the Maker Box. Um, or Box of Making? The Box of Making by Steamy Tech. The new and exclusive kinetic laser cut products to make and love. So basically, they're offering to... Every two months, they'll send you some of their stuff, projects, and you can build it with the instructions and everything you need to build it, as well as access to how-to videos. They got the, the laser-etched gears and projects to build and play with they'll send you uh, art supplies and tools for putting it together and then yeah you go online and watch their youtube videos and they'll tell you how to put it together that's cool i mean we were obviously impressed when we saw it at uh yeah we were mesmerized by most of them <laughs> like ooh, that's cool <laughs> uh erica bought one and uh yeah it's it's neat i i got excited when i heard about it the downside it is is it is not it's not a cheap uh, maker box uh, or uh, subscription toy, subscription yeah it's a little thing. it's a little on the pricey side for us but you get like what what they say like three projects three or four projects per box I think I said that on the um <laughs> I don't see that right there oh every box contains three or four projects to build okay yeah 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 you're right including some with working gears uh so three or four box projects and uh it's every two months, and a box at the moment is seventy nine ninety five. You can buy per box or three box prepay or a six box prepay. So six boxes would be a whole year's worth. And it's a little bit cheaper if you buy those. Yeah, they, but they, not by they're much. a little less expensive uh, by buying in bulk, I guess. Uh, to be fair, if you go to the Steamy Tech uh, Etsy shop, mm-hmm. uh, one one project can be anywhere from twenty five to forty dollars, okay, or more. So if they're giving you three projects, you're you're getting your money's worth as far as that goes. Yeah, they say each box will include at least a hundred dollars retail value in product. You're getting what you pay for uh, if this interests you. Especially if you, like, just, if you like building stuff, definitely. That's a lot of beer money for me. <laughs> I'll have to. I'm I'm considering it at least, um, at least one month to see how it comes out or what you what you get kind of thing. Maybe I don't know. Or are you going to go for the the yearly? You're you're, you're still deciding. I can see that. Okay. Uh, beer money, man. Beer money. <laughs> but it sounds cool. So I have nothing to bitch about at, at this point uh, on that regard. <laughs> this this looks like a really cool thing. Uh, at least look them up. Uh, boxofmaking.com and uh, see what I see. Yeah, or, or Steamy Tech on Facebook, I believe. They'll, they'll oh, yeah, they'll yeah. mention it a few times. Like them on Facebook. They're they're uh, they're pretty cool. And they're very, super, very nice people. Yeah. Yeah, we they were really Vegas. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real sweet. Yeah, Vegas. I missed that time. Yeah, me too. Doc, Doc Phineas, please put it on another convention. <laughs> please. Yeah, they didn't have it this year because the <laughs> hotel was... Main Street Station, the hotel it was hosted at, right. was being renovated. I'm just, I'm just afraid he's having more fun going to other people's conventions because I'm always seeing him online. He's oh. always he's always going on live on Facebook where wherever he's at. And Doc Phineas never stops having a good time. His whole life is just like one big party. Yeah, he's out there having all kinds of fun, you know. So he's probably going to have more fun doing that than putting on another convention. Putting on a convention, as we have seen, is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. 
And <laughs> but we'd love to come back and do Steamathon. We can go to the convention. I want to meet the people. I want to. Yeah, I, I want to hang out with. Yeah, we made a lot of friends in Vegas. I yeah, there was that was a really good convention for meeting people, and everybody that we met was just awesome, and we miss all of you terribly. You know what I'm thinking? I think I mentioned this when we had dinner the other night with that if if that one doesn't happen then next year we need to just pick a convention somewhere <laughs> and decide let's go to this one you and know, just try, everybody try another, try another steampunk convention somewhere else all the steamathon peeps <laughs> just meet up at yeah at a different convention did, at, you know okay. whether it be steamposium in seattle or you know denver motor city <laughs> comic or not comic con motor city con or whatever they call it there mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's just we have to pick a convention somewhere and just go and just make sure that we all plan to be there yeah that would be awesome you remember uh, we were talking to uh, our Canadian friend on the last cruise we were on, uh-huh. and she told us about that cowboy festival in Canada. We should just invade it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I can't imagine. I've never been to Canada. Canadian cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> it's Canadians dressed up as what they think cowboys are. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, that I've actually sounds met, fantastic. I've actually met some Canadians that were shocked and surprised that the Alamo is in the middle of a city. <laughs> they actually thought it was out in you know like in the the movies you know well <laughs> the the movie set of the alamo is out in the yeah, middle of nowhere i don't it's, know i don't think it's open anymore i don't think they let people go there anymore it used to be yeah visitable yeah the movie is sets it, it's yeah the movie yeah, yeah. set is gone but the real alamo is still it's right smack dab in the middle of downtown quite San accessible yes <laughs> but i remember i've met some some canadians that were shocked and surprised that it was there and they also mentioned they knew other you know their friends up in canada still kind of thought of Texas as you know wild Indian country on occasion hmm. <laughs> like in the western movies you know I had a cousin from Alabama that her first trip to Texas she thought she was going to be seeing nothing but tumbleweeds so that's, that's not native to Texas <laughs> no, okay <it's> <laughs> I mean most of our listeners probably know but if you're from outside of Texas tumbleweeds don't grow here those cactuses with the funny arms. Yep, they're like not here. Snoopy, they, they don't grow here. No, those are Arizona. The yeah. saguaro, saguaro cactus. And I, I actually, I also had a cousin that was, he, he grew up like, you know, overseas because his dad was in the Air Force. So he didn't really grow up in, you know, Texas or anything. But he grew up in different places. And he came to visit in San Antonio one time. And he was shocked that there was horses in the city. You know, just actual horses. There was a stable, you know, not too far from where my church was. And there was horses out there. Was that a Breckeridge? No, it was actually off of uh, Vance Jackson. There was some, they had horse stables there. It's no longer there. They've been okay. bought out and built up. And, you know, yeah, I don't think Brackenridge Park has those stables anymore either. But yeah, the only horses I see in Austin are... are uh, Carriage horses. Oh, downtown. yeah, those. I was thinking the police. Oh, uh, and the pol- yeah, 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 the giant police monster horses. Those things are huge. I want to pet them. You're not supposed <laughs> but you're not to supposed pet them. To. They're, they're, working. they're working. Right, right. They're busy. But yeah, it's just Texas is not... A third world country <laughs> no we have cars and yeah, stuff we, we have cities you know fully, trees green grass <laughs> fully functional cities well trees very few shootouts <laughs> well yeah <laughs> no wild indians that i know of <laughs> i i don't know if a wild lot of indian is not the preferred nomenclature dude oh sorry my bad hey, native I americans i have a lot of native american blood in me as well <laughs> You could okay, see, that's that, maybe that's the trick. I don't feel like I know a lot of Native Americans you have one in Texas. In your house. That's the only one I know. <laughs> so I took him. No. 
<laughs> Sorry, Joe. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, our housemate is 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 Native American, but there's not a big. I don't see Native American community here. Maybe right. I just just because I don't know it because I'm totally white. Hey, I'm pretty sure it's out there, but <laughs> it's got to be. But Flavio, you you're are not invited. You're like I don't get the memos. Native Texan before there was Texas. Yeah, true. My family, a lot of my family was here before Texas became part of these these states. Be- be- <laughs> Before it was its own country, yeah. like you were here first. <laughs> yep. Um, so, so of course you're Mexican. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's just how people <laughs> call you, uh, and it's weird. I mean, but when yeah, when it boils down to, if you check my blood, I know I have Native American blood from both sides of the Rio Grande. I have I have Central American Indian blood in me as well. <laughs> okay. So, so like you're Mayan. Yeah, or Aztec, or I don't know. I haven't decided. I haven't figured Inca. out which one exactly. You're but so tall. <laughs> I'm okay. shorter than a lot of my friends, actually. <laughs> no, the Mayans are very short, broad-shouldered, yeah. barrel-chested mm-hmm. people. And what, well, I have to. Well, my my blood has been watered down a lot. I'm <laughs> the Spanish. Right. Yeah, probably from Spain. A lot of from Spain. Anyway, we're we're straying from the subject. What were whatever we the subject about? was. Oh, okay. Makerbox. Makerbox. Complaining. Okay. So if you want to make an Indian? Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Yes. Conventions. Conventions. We're all over the place again. Sorry. Okay. What's next Not on the sorry. on the list? I don't know. I'm going to bring up comic a comic book. book. I'm going to bring up a comic book. I accidentally came across this. Accidentally. I wasn't looking for it. Yeah, I just saw it. It's called The Black Sinister. Ooh. By Carr Andrews, Choi Nixie, and Dave McKeg. Sorry if I mispronounced your names. It's by Dark Horse Comics. It's a nice little hardback comic. It's not very thick. It was only it was only ten dollars. But this is uh, basically the Dark Horse has a, an anthology series where they put like you know smaller stories in it. And this was this was in that, and they just combined it all into one comic. Okay. And uh, so it's a one and done. It's a one and done. But cause, and the only reason I, I figured out it, it was steampunk is because I re- read the back of it, of course, and they're, they're citizens of Coal City, and everything's run by steam and coal and everything. So that's that's mm, cool. steampunk. However, clean coal. I'm going to say right now, I really didn't like this comic. Oh, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's basically, imagine the tick with the Joker's personality and Batman's sense of justice. <laughs> So just, he's a, it's just it, crazy. He's crazy. The guy's insane. <laughs> okay, he's called the Black Sinister. That's his name, and he's just, is he stupid like the Tick? He's a naive kind of like the Tick. <laughs> does he say spoon? No, does he use a different? <laughs> so word? he's naive like the Tick. He's crazy like the Joker, and he'll slap Justin into you like Batman. Yeah, I mean stuff. I mean, he right here is like um, <laughs> he crippled my mother for parking in a handicapped spot. He cut off my toes for jaywalking. You know, I'm stuff like that. <laughs> you know? Wow! But come on, haven't we all wanted that, to do those things? That's really that's medieval. Yeah, and you know, and and he's like somewhere in, in, and of course, you know, the 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 mayor and and uh, some of the crime lords are t- figuring out we have to get rid of this guy. He's bad for both of us. <laughs> and some and a man in the middle of the comic for no reason, a man takes a child hostage because he wants to talk to the mayor about something. And they're like, everyone's like, no. Just call the secretary for God's sake. Yeah, and, and, you know, He's three blocks he, down. Just walk over. So, you know, even the cops, even the police are like, stop, stop, shut up. You're going to bring him. He's going to show up. You don't, we don't want him to come. <laughs> you know, we'll bring the mayor. Just stop. And the guy goes, he finds out about it and he goes crazy and he flies in with his coal, 
coal plane, you know, plane run by coal, and he crashes into the thing where the where the guy is, and he kills the kid Oops. in the plane crash. <laughs> you know, what? Like, it's just crazy. I don't like it. It was it was dumb. And he, was it supposed to be dumb? I don't know. I don't. Know. You know, it, remi- it, it reminds me of of, of like playing D and D. And and one of the your D and D players brings over his twelve year old brother yeah. who really wants to play, and once you let him play, he's just bananas. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, and somehow I mean, and you know that they release some kind of mechanical monstrosity to take him out, and it kills him. He goes. He goes to I guess hell, <laughs> and, and he meets his mom, and him and the and the kid that he just died. They somehow I, I don't even. I'm, they somehow make it back to the living. The kid goes to hell. Yeah, <laughs> that is a sad life for a small yeah, child. Yeah, they somehow come back to the living, and it's just it's just craziness. It's stu- I don't I didn't like it, but it was it was steampunk. It had it had the gadgets. It had everything was run by. It wasn't Victorian. I don't, it was kind of Victorian esque. It was a place called Coal City. It was like Weird West. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. So it's just a mess. It, it was a mess. So I, I, I honestly, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about a comic that you hated before. There but was, the pictures are very steampunk. There's top hats and yeah, goggles exactly. and bowler hats and all kinds <laughs> of Victorian-y looking people. And I think I see an Edison light bulb. Yeah, and the one, and what one, one of his when he said when he was going to go save the child that was being held hostage, he goes, "How dare you threaten our future?" Workforce, that's <laughs> what he said. Kind of thing. Well, he, he was rich, obviously. This guy, you know, was, I mean, that, that, was, that was his concern. Not that the kid was innocent, but that he's the future workforce. You know, you're, you know what? That's more concern than our current politicians uh, have for us as, or as a workforce at all. So, uh, thanks. Uh, but hmm. yeah, I mean, it just. I was reading this like, what the heck am I reading? I don't. This is ridiculous. There's only there is one other comic in the past that I remember that I hate it worse and but it was supposed to be a science fiction comic and it was called what if God hated astronauts or something like that or God hates astronauts <laughs> and oh my god that I read the first issue of that and I was like this is this <laughs> no <laughs> it was bad it was so freaking bad wow um, that's the only one that beats this one <laughs> so wow am, am Flavio strong words from a man who loves comic books he wants his ten dollars back yeah <laughs> But yeah, so I I don't recommend it. But it, I mean, like I said, it's a nice hardback. It looks nice on the shelf, just sitting there. <laughs> but I don't recommend reading it. It's visually very interesting. It looks, yeah. <laughs> it's well drawn. I try to say something positive. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I ranted enough about that. So that that fast falls under our uh, things that piss us off. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Okay. Wow. Bad comic book. Yeah, but I think you you watched the show that you weren't very happy with either. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right, we we can go to this. <laughs> so, on, on, what else pisses us off today, or, or are we not liking today? And uh, I, I, we are probably the last three people who have not, up until now, watched this show. So, if you, you're listening, you and you're into steampunk, you've probably heard of uh, steampunked. Yep, and that's how it's it's spelled: steampunk apostrophe d. Is an American television show that came like, out like, in like 2015. You, like, like you've been punked. Yeah. <laughs> you've been steampunked. <laughs> and uh, as a viewer, I felt like I had. Yeah. Um, I hate this show, man. Aww. <laughs> okay, well, let's explain what it is. It's a competition okay, show. Yeah, yeah, I'm jumping ahead. Okay, it is, it is a competition of a group of 10 makers to create 
they break them into two teams and they build steampunk themed rooms to go into a house and every episode you know like any of these reality tv shows someone is just is kicked out right yeah you know, elimination rounds and you know they they're, they're they pick a room like the bedroom Right. You know, and then it's okay. So each of two teams makes a bedroom with junk they find in... It was a very well-stocked junkyard. The punk yard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I guess other stuff that they have access to, they, they must give them fabric and they glues to, and yeah. sewing machines. I don't gonna, know. You're not going to find cloth in a junkyard, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's 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 competitive. They have to make each of these rooms in three days, uh, so it's very high stress. Mm-hmm. And uh, like any of these other reality TV shows, it's putting people in high-stress situations to see them wiggle. And, uh, <laughs> right, they also have to, to be costuming, I believe, lose, at the same lose time Lose themselves, well, right? yeah. Yep. Yeah. It is uh, hosted by a lady named Jeannie May. Jeannie Mai? I'd never heard of her. I'd never heard of a lot of these people. Oh, she was uh, she was in Farscape. She was. Yeah, she was the Silver Woman in Farscape. It's Gigi. Oh, oh no, no, she's no. not. No, oh, wrong one. Well, I know she no, was in it, wasn't no. she? No, that's a different show. Oh, my I, bad. That's sorry. Uh, scratch that. Totally different show. So, uh, Jeannie Mai, I only looking at up uh, her now. She's she's a fashion expert and TV personality. So she's just she's just the right, she's the hostess the, the show hostess. I and they had judges. I don't need her to be a, a steampunk expert, but I do need the the judges to be experts. So they've got uh, three standard judges: Thomas Williford. He's that he's that big guy, right? Uh, he he is a tall, broad shouldered. We, we, we saw him at the at a little thing in Austin. Yeah, yeah. He was there for that, and, and he, uh, did, he did a little talk about his steampunk stuff. Sure, Kate Cato Lambert, who if you've googled steampunk on on she's she's a steampunk model she, yeah uh her, her face will come up among uh steampunk fashion and sexy half-naked women constantly <laughs> yep she's she's pretty out there she, she's very attractive and a fellow named uh, matthew yang king who i'd never heard of before and in the show uh, of the three he he seemed the least steampunk based on his costume and stuff but learning more he's done some like short films in uh, steampunk yeah like he was he in that one we watched the other night the produced. clockwork heart that's short film on youtube right, right. but mostly he's an actor mm-hmm. he, he's got uh, a lot of acting tread on his imdb and uh, I, it may be just that the whole idea of judging other people's steampunk stuff just rubs me the wrong way i don't like yeah competition and judgment right that, I that, that seems to fly in the face of the ideals of steampunk so like, these, these three yeah, I'm more steampunk than you kind of thing yeah yeah <laughs> that these three would, would judge people on, on such things i mean that's that's the nature of the show so uh i don't, I don't i mean i have to admit, I hated it from i mean it's, it's been a long time since i've watched it but i have to admit some of the rooms are pretty cool that i saw oh yeah a lot of the stuff they make is cool and as the show moves forward you see improvement in the rooms in the quality that each of the contestants mm-hmm. who survive pull together so that's neat if you can deal with the fact that they're 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 trying to to work as teams and be nice to each other their egos got in the way sometimes yeah and not be dicks to each other but they're un- under a lot of stress and uh yeah it's 
it's painful to watch, you know? It was. I uh, what I didn't like about some, some of it, the judges, even though it's their job, you know, it seemed to me like they got a little nitpicky about things, like, why did you do that instead of this? You know, when, you know, overall, the product was anything better I could ever make kind of thing. And, you know, it's like... Yeah, you're right. It's their job to be nitpicky as, as judges. But I feel like if I had more respect for the judges in the first place, I'd find that easier to stomach. <laughs> okay. And I, I wouldn't, I don't like being that, one of the people who who's just going to bash on other people's steampunk cred. But that's what this show is about. Right. So I'm going to bash on the judges' steampunk cred, okay? Okay. So here we go. Um, I don't have much to say about uh, Matthew Yang King because I'd never seen him or known anything he did before until last night where we saw a short film where it coincidentally just happened it to be him. him. I was like, you're like, I recognize that guy. Who is he? <laughs> and that short film was pretty badass. Yeah. I was like, oh, he... Is that is that the thing he does? That that is kind of cool. All right, well. But it was just that one. I wish he I wish he yeah. you know brought a little more example of his badassness to the show mm-hmm. and just his dress. But okay, whatever. Thomas Williford, uh, uh, you you mentioned we'd seen him before in Austin. He was a small the, the convention. Cog was it? Uh, no, he no. Bru- Bruce Force. Uh, no, well, the, the, the convention we saw him at was the Broken Cock. Uh, yeah, Corrupted Cock. Corrupted Cock. It'll never happen yeah, again. It was a tiny little convention that they were attempting something, and yeah, it was a one-time, one-shot thing. But he he, he had ego for days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he uh, was very uh, sure of himself. He enjoyed bragging about how he had... Uh, uh, publishers had asked him to write books mm-hmm. on on steampunk making and stuff, and, and at the time I was like, "Oh well, he's got books. Yeah, he, was asked, and he built he was things asked to be prop and stuff. master on some shows and stuff like that." Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And at the time I was, well, all right. So I I bought his books and I looked through them, and they're not that big a deal. They're, I mean, they're okay. Are, are these how-to books? They're they're how-to okay. books. Uh, some you know. Here's some projects you can make to sort of as a jumping off point for making your own things, mm-hmm. but the, yeah. And they're not anything more spectacular than I could find on YouTube. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't think he was, he wasn't that big a deal. And that's, that's the only thing I've seen of his actual work. And it just didn't, meh. Didn't wow you? Yeah. No, not really. Not, not for the amount of self-aggrandizement he was okay. he was uh, <laughs> using oh, but, but, but did you see his girlfriend that, that probably did it for him <laughs> his girlfriend was there too yeah yeah I didn't like her either oh yeah um, they, they, they were just very holier than thou and that just that's what, what I that's what I walked away with uh, I don't know maybe I'm too sensitive I don't remember thinking much about him either way, good or bad. Last time at that little corrupted cog that we yeah, saw him at, yeah. I was just like, okay, he's. I guess so. Okay. And the last person was Cato Lambert, who uh, I've never liked, but after watching the show, I like her better. She sent, came across as more personable because I, I didn't know anything about her except her. her She's a model. Her yeah. photos and and yeah, her modeling. What I've learned now is her costume design, her her fashion design. She designs these things. Okay, but they're very, uh, very skimpy. Very. Uh, uh. They're all those steampunk outfits that make you go, "Oh, honey, where's your pants?" <laughs> there you are. Yeah, very suggestive. And that's I know that's what sells, I suppose, and that is where her interest lies. But it never felt like appropriate steampunk steampin up costume for real people. 
Right. They're uh, yeah, they're pinups. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's nothing you, you you should be wearing outdoors. Didn't she <laughs> used to be involved with Doctor Steele? She the one that used to uh, date Doctor Steele? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I don't think that has anything to do with this, but yeah, that. I found a I super understand. juicy blog about that whole thing, but I that's beyond the. The oh. scope of today's show. <laughs> okay. Very, very much gossip there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Unpleasant dramas. Like, like people do. Like people do. So, so it, yeah, overall, it, you didn't it, like the show. Yeah. It annoyed me that they they were judging these people a little bit. I guess over the course of the show, I came to appreciate them more, except for Thomas Williford. I don't like him. I just don't like him. <laughs> okay. The people who actually participated, the the. Uh, Contestants. Contestants. It was just painful watching them work and try and and fail and get kicked out one at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the further the show went on, the more you come to like these people, and then they get they get booted. And it, oh, it was just, I hate this show. I hate this format. Yeah. I, I hate one of the first things that pissed everything. me off about the show was the first the first guy that got eliminated. Mm-hmm. You know when he was given uh, that, a, he was given a task. His name was uh, Tobias McCurry. Yeah, he was given a task, and he outright said, "Hey, I don't know how to do what it is do what it is you're asking me to do. This is not in my forte. <laughs> you know, the, the, give me something else to do, or or show me. You know, help me, or you know." But they didn't help him, and so he did. Obviously, he didn't do as good a job as he could have because he was learning it on the spot. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure he probably, given time, he probably could have learned without a problem. But he had, what, two days? <laughs> you know? So basically yeah. it was sort of a, I make costumes and they were like, here, make furniture. Yeah, something like that, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and he, was, he was part of a team that should have been supporting him. Yeah. I, I don't remember what team he was on or who the team captain was, right. but there was no support. Right, and, and, and well, he and didn't he, do such a good job and then he got booted. So he got screwed yep. right off the bat, you know? Yep. I mean, somebody had to, I guess. True, but still, that just seemed like it was kind of that's not fair. Sketchy to me. <laughs> Throw know? somebody out because they they're, you know, they they suck. But yeah, I mean, not I, because I they're, yeah, I mean, you give them something to do that <laughs> they. Oh. oh. <laughs> so anyway, we have. I mean, I mean, I understand that you know the steampunk community where there's a lot of makers, but a lot of makers they specialize in a certain thing. You know, yeah. they're not yeah. able to make everything. You know, right. some, yeah. there are some out there who can. But not everybody. Yeah, like <laughs> like I think Thax is a, more of a Renaissance person than most of us. But yeah, oh, stop. You make a lot of things. Yeah. E- even so, there's. It, it did stuff strike that me that that all of the costuming. So each uh, episode, there were costumes to be made to go mm-hmm. with the rooms they were building, and the costuming always fell to the girls. Yeah. Admittedly, the girls they knew how to knew up, yeah. how to make costumes. They they had uh, previous experience, but it was always a girl mm-hmm. that. That, that fell too and costuming was the first thing I you know really got into right I'm like come on guys there's guys who costume yeah uh, there are I bet there I bet there are guys who costume on the show but I didn't see them do it yeah I was like I mean I myself I'm not a costumer I can't make costumes but given time I'm sure I can learn I mean mm-hmm. you know but I won't be able to do it in two days <laughs> right <know? laughs> so I think the the point of this show uh the the intent of this show was really to be a vehicle for making the people on this show more visible, more well-renowned, to build on their careers in steampunk or in television, which is fine. You know, that's yeah. a perfectly good reason well, to have a show. Well, I know one of the contestants, one of the female contestants that got close to the end, she was in at Steamposium in Seattle as one of the guests there. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't see her, but I know she was there. <laughs> you know? And what I've noticed doing 
you know, last minute research for the show going to IMDb or uh, Google or, you know, TV guide to, f- to find pictures of these characters mm-hmm. uh, or these actors, actors, these personalities, hey. most of them, they don't have a picture. Wow. On, on any of these sources. The contestants, you mean? The, the contestants. Okay. Uh, or even, I mean, Cato Lambert, whose pictures are all over the internet, is not pictured in IMDb. Wow. Or Google. That's fun. That's weird. Which, <laughs> well, it tells me that, that Steampunk was a failure. Oh, yeah. To, to get anybody the, the, the credit. Attention yeah. in the wider world that mm-hmm. they were hoping for. They're just, uh, they're just not there. which you know to some degree i think is good because that show uh it wasn't good it It didn't look good it didn't yeah it was just not what steampunk is about it's it's not about judgment or or competition yeah it didn't celebrate steampunk so much as it just kind of like i don't know yeah it was opposite of that it's clashing and yeah what rubbed me wrong is uh, genie my and the host judges declaring that the person who won this competition and the hundred thousand dollar award uh would be given the title of greatest steampunk maker <laughs> i'm like according to who according, according to, to the show <laughs> according to i'll tell you where you can stick that uh, you people don't have the cred to establish ultimate steampunk oh, maker nice with the steampunk cred again <laughs> Well, you know, we have to keep track of our cred because it was threatened to take it away from us at one point. <laughs> oh, Lord. Another story. We're not even getting into yeah, it. Nope, we've, nope. We've gone over it before. But there were, I, I really liked a lot of the competitors. By the end, I saw them make great things, and I saw them work together mm-hmm. and enjoy each other's company, and that was what I wanted to see in this show. That does not make good reality TV, though. And that's why they got kicked out. They, they, <laughs> reality TV is all about personality conflicts and drama. Yep. Right. Sadly. So, it's not really about... And, and I don't think that fits in steampunk. That, yeah, that's not what steampunk is about. The steampunk community is the lowest drama community I've ever been involved in. Right, and this was, you know, and reality big television TV, trying yeah. to make it into a, a high drama yeah. group, yeah, which I think would fit better in cosplay. Yeah, which is not just not meaning to hate <laughs> on cosplay, but that seems like and more oddly enough, they're more competitive oddly enough, uh, group. MTV did have a cosplay competition show, and those cosplayers they got along, even though they were competing with each other. <laughs> there was no drama; they were all friendly with each other. So, <laughs> how strange! You know, maybe it's because that culture has more. It is more competitive that they have learned how to manage competitiveness and still being able to work together and Mm -hmm. be friends, which is not to say that I didn't think that the cast of Steampunk lacked lacked the skills to get along. But the format of the show was trying to... Was was foreign and... Some of them did have stronger personalities than others. And kind of terrible. (laughs) I think that's enough of that. Uh, You did not like the show. I did not like the show. You didn't see the show, did you, Erica? She watched a couple episodes It didn't hold my attention at all. yeah, that's how bad it was. Yeah, Yeah, I I just... I'm not interested in drama in the least. It's still worth checking out if you have nothing better to do to see what they make and to... To see some of these people's talent, mm-hmm. and then maybe you would want to follow them on Facebook elsewhere to just see the things they put together because there were there were some really talented people here. Yeah, some of the rooms look pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Although the, you know the end of the hot, the end of the 
competition they showed the full house and it's like well it was just a hodgepodge of stuff <laughs> of course but yeah. I mean, if, it, if they had picked one theme for the entire house it probably would have looked a lot better kind of thing mm. <laughs> i have i have no way of critiquing such a thing <laughs> if you've seen my house <laughs> <laughs> What's next? In my job, I drive a lot. I drive a lot. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. And when we talked about uh, Steampunk Dollhouse a couple of episodes ago, she mentioned another podcast called the Steampunk Cabaret. And so I decided to check it out. And I like it. It's basically, they're DJs. These two women are DJing, you know, Steampunk music. And taking on personas of these women who are on this airship and they're DJing the music and they have these little chit chats and they're really funny i really like them they, they have well over 400 episodes they're taking a summer break right now so it's time to get caught up yeah they're actually djs like they're at um they're at, i think i'm not if they're not there now they will be or have just been at dragon con djing a, a steampunk ball there that's cool <laughs> neat but they're funny i like them and i but i've been listening to them in kind of a, in backwards order so you know there's not really a narrative with them but every once in a while they'll mention something that happened that they talked about previously so but you don't have to listen to them in any particular order and their music a lot of it i've heard you know stuff that we've we talked about and you know that we, that we know and then a lot of music that i've never heard before that's pretty good although their definition of steampunk music is kind of broad we, I think we've mentioned this okay. on occasion. You know, what's the definition of steampunk music? We're still trying to work out to talk to our DJ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, yeah. to having a longer conversation about that. But anyway, but I've I've really been enjoying their show. They're they're funny. They're they're amusing. They have fake advertisements that are fun. <laughs> you know, on occasion, and some other characters on the ship every once in a while. But yeah, I really enjoy it. So if you like steampunk music, or if you're interested in what they think steampunk music is, give them a, give them a shot. Give them a check out. Um, steampunk cabaret i can you can find them on youtube you can find them on itunes and all the other places all right cool and, and they pointed they also have another podcast called steampunk after dark similar but this, the music is a little bit more adult oriented you know so it'll be more songs about sex and drugs and <laughs> other unmentionables <laughs> you know <laughs> like, and but I only listened to the first episode of that one, so there wasn't there wasn't really the same format. There was no de- they weren't DJing it. They apparently it was one of their boyfriends, husbands. I don't know somebody else. That, one of their associates is is in charge of that one, but he didn't really say anything like a DJ thing. I think he's just maybe putting it together because they did mention he was looking for a co-host on in their cabaret <laughs> podcast. Huh. So check them out too. I of course I was I was only able to find that one on Podbeam. I wasn't able to find them on, on the Steampunk After Dark on on iTunes. I have problems with the search function on iTunes or just searching for podcasts generally, so that doesn't surprise me. Just keep keep looking. Right, so give them a, give them a ch- give them a chance. You know, if you like, if you want to listen to different types of music that that are somewhat steampunk oriented, give them a try. I, I really enjoy them. And so also, I mentioned this is a band that I um, so I bought a CD as well, and it's a band that I've mentioned before called Ghoul Town. They have the newest CD out called Ghosts of the Southern Sun. It's got 13 songs, and it's 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 Ghoul Town. <laughs> they sound the same. They have the same format. They didn't change up too much. They're, unfortunately, this particular CD doesn't really have a song that stands out. Like, mm. oh, that's my favorite song. I got to listen to that one a lot. They're, they're all good songs, but nothing that really stands out. Like, this is the best song ever or, you know, of, of anything like that. Um, but, uh, but it's still an enjoyable CD. So I've been listening to that one, too. I'm going to play one of their songs next after we take a break but first we have one last thing from erica you have a reading for us are you ready yeah i'm i'm ready all right go for it yeah all right 
Uh, we are reading from the adventures of uh, Madame Pfeiffer, and she is traveling in Hong Kong, China. Here we go. Hong Kong. On the 17th of May, she left Tahiti, the Dutch vessel in which she had embarked being bound via the Philippines. They passed this rich and radiant group of islands on the 1st of July, and the next day entered the dangerous China Sea. A few days afterwards, they reached Hong Kong, which has been an English settlement since 1842. Here, Madame Pfeiffer made no long stay, for she desired to see China and the Chinese with as little intermixture of the European element as possible. So she ascended the Pearl River, the banks of which are covered with immense plantations of rice and studded with quaint little country houses of the genuine Chinese pattern, with sloping pointed roofs and mosaics of variously colored tiles to Canton, one of the great commercial centers of the flowery land. As she approached, she surveyed with wonder the animated scene before her. The river was crowded with ships and inhabited boats. Junks were there, almost as large as the old Spanish galleons, with poops impending far over the water, and covered with a roof like a house. Men of war there were, flat, broad, and long, mounted with twenty or thirty guns, and adorned with the usual Chinese fashion, with two large painted eyes at the prow that they may be better able to find their way. Mandarin's boat she saw, with doors and sides and windows gaily painted, with carved galleries and tiny silken flags fluttering from every point. And flower boats she also saw, their upper galleries decked with flowers, garlands, and arabesques, as if these were the barks fitted out in service of the Titania and her fairy company. The interior is divided into one large apartment and a few cabinets, which are lighted by windows of fantastic design. Mirrors and silk hangings embellish the walls while the enchanting scene is completed with an ample garniture of glass chandeliers and colored paper lanterns, interspersed with lovely little baskets of fresh flowers. It is not necessary to attempt a description of Canton with its pagodas, houses, shops, and European factories. Let us direct our attention to the manners, customs, and peculiarities of its inhabitants. As to dress and appearance, the costume of both sexes among the lower orders consists of full trousers and long upper garments, and is Chiefly remarkable for its excessive filth. Baths and ablations have no charm for the Chinaman. He scorns to wear a shirt, and he holds by his trousers until they drop from his body. The men's upper garments reach little below the knee. The women's about halfway down the calf. They are made of nankeen or dark blue, brown, or black silk. During the cold season, both men and women wear one summer garment over the other, keeping the whole together with a girdle. In the extreme heat, however, they suffer them to float as free as Nora Crena's robes in Moore's Pretty Ballad. The men keep their heads shaved, with the exception of a small patch at the back, where the hair is carefully cultivated and plaited into a queue. The thicker and longer this queue is, the prouder its owner. False hair and black ribbon, therefore, are all deftly worked into it, with the result of forming an appendage which often reaches down to the ankles. While at work, the owner twists it round his neck, but on entering a room, he lets it down again, as it would be contrary to all the laws of etiquette and courtesy for a person to make his appearance with his queue twisted up. The women comb their hair entirely back from their forehead and fasten it to the head in the most artistic plates. The process occupies a considerable time, but when the hair is once dressed, it is not retouched for a whole week. Both men and women frequently go about with heads uncovered, but sometimes they wear hats of thin bamboo, three feet in diameter. These are not only an adequate protection against the sun and rain, but are exceedingly durable. Large numbers of Chinese live in a kind of aquatic life and make their home on board a riverboat. The husband goes on shore for his work, and his wife meantime adds to the income of the family by ferrying persons from bank to bank or letting out the boat for pleasure parties, always reserving one half of its accommodation for herself and her household. 
Room is not very abundant, as the whole boat does not exceed 25 feet in length, but everywhere the greatest orderly and cleanliness are apparent, each separate plank being enthusiastically scrubbed and washed every morning. It is worth to notice how each inch of space is turned to the best advantage, the room being made even for the lares and panates. That would be Latin for household gods. All the washing and cooking are done during the day, yet the pleasure party is never in the least degree inconvenienced. Of course, our traveler was attracted by the diminutiveness of the feet of the Chinese women, and she had an opportunity of examining one of the tiny monstrosities in Nectora. Four of the toes were bent under the sole of the foot, to which they were firmly pressed, and simultaneously with which they appeared to have grown, if growth can, it can be called, the great toe alone remained in its natural state. The forepart of the foot had been so swathed and compressed by tight bandages that instead of expanding in length and breadth, it had shot upward so as to form a large lump at the instep, where it became, so to speak, a portion of the leg. The lower part of the foot was scarcely five inches long and an inch and a half broad. The feet are always encased in white linen or silk, with silk bandages over all, and they're then stuffed into pretty little shoes with very high heels. To my astonishment, says Madame Pfeiffer, these deformed beings tripped about as if in defiance of us broad-footed creatures with tolerable ease, the only difference in their gait being that they waddled like geese. They even ran up and down stairs without a stick, she adds, that the valuable bride is the value of a bride is reckoned by the smallness of her feet oh jeez wow they don't do that anymore right no they do not i didn't think so that's crazy that that just sounds painful how could they walk i I think even at the time that wasn't considered by all parties or by all cultures in the greater china to be was it just the upper class you think uh i think so I'm not an expert. No, I'm not either. It, that, just like, that requires that, that, that more looking into. I at the thought of having... Poor they, they basically yeah. break your foot. Yeah. And, oh, oh wow. Well, they oh. started on this when the, when the girls are very, very young. Yeah, so they're torturing and, children. <laughs> right, yeah. So, you, I mean, you want to start it as young as possible so that the foot doesn't grow. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the... Uh, the perfect Chinese lady foot was called the golden lotus, and it was four inches oh, long. Uh, I was reading that someplace. <laughs> so different standards of beauty. But I think in but in this particular passage, Ida Pfeiffer did a pretty good job of not being a racist asshole. So yeah, let's yeah, give yeah. props to that. <laughs> she only said Chinaman like a couple of times. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, I thought that was I thought that was good, and it was interesting to me. Yeah. And I want a houseboat. <laughs> That's oh like, yeah, those sounded beautiful. They did. I, in my mind, I could see the, the the big eyes on the sides of the boat. Did very picturesque. <laughs> where, where, what river would you put it on, or ocean? Any. Any. <laughs> find me one. <laughs> we got one right here in the middle of Austin. <laughs> there we go. Have you ever been down the Yellow River? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think I am, Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> okay, All enough right. of that. We're going to take a break. I'm going to play you a song, and then we're going to come back with the upcoming events. At the end of the road, when the shadows are long, and the twilight closes in, you must look down. Deep in your heart, face the frailty under the skin. No deed goes unpunished, no life comes without a finish. 
at the end of the road where there's no second chance when the blood is spilled and your life runs out there's nowhere left to hide confess your sins and tell your secrets for there is little left of time no man is unworthy we're all the same in the end when your time has come you pray or repent
That was Ghoul Town off of the Ghost of the Southern Sun CD, their newest one. That was number. That was uh, the eleventh on the track. Tombstone. I've seen them. I used to watch them live all the time. They used to come to San Antonio and played with um, Flame, Flame Chick Subs all the time. I don't know if they come to town anymore. I haven't been keeping track, but I know they've been traveling. I think they were overseas last I saw. But they're they're a good band. They're a good band to see live. Anyway. What's coming up this month? First off, we have August 15th, the Magic Lantern League. This is by our friend Russ Argo. It's going to be at our normal meeting place, the Sherlock's Baker Street Pub and Grill in Austin, Texas, off of Research Boulevard. He's going to be showing a movie called Adelaide Blanc Sec, The Extraordinary Adventures of. I think we reviewed this we, one once. We talked about this last uh, last season, near the end of the season somewhere. Um, it, it was interesting. We, we, we liked it. <laughs> I didn't realize at the time, well, it wouldn't have made any sense at the time, but the new movie... Uh, Valerian. Valerian that just came out mm-hmm. as the same director as uh, The Adventures of Adelaide Blanc Sec. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Didn't he also direct The Fifth Element? Did he? I think so, because I think I, I was like, that's what he did. wanted. He wanted that to be his Valerian, but it couldn't be Valerian or something like that. So that's the best he could get. That's the closest he can get to it, I think, at the time. Huh. But I really liked The Fifth Element. <laughs> I did, too. Okay. I could kind of see. I remember hearing that parallels. story about that's what he, you know, he was trying to make as close a Valerian as he could mentally or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, visually, I think there's some really similar yeah. elements between Valerian and, and Fifth Element. So, yeah, I'm interested to, to see this because I didn't see it when y'all did. Right. Once again, that is August 15th. Starts at 7 o'clock. He may not start the movie exactly at 7 o'clock, but doors open at 7 o'clock. Doors mm-hmm. at 7, movie starts at 8. And the movie Sherlock. runs just short of two hours. Definitely worth your time. It's a, it's a fun movie. Yeah. And on the 18th, what do we have, Thax? Oh, well, that's uh, CTC Geek Fest, uh, which I am... Um, Your favorite. I know. It's my favorite convention <laughs> of all time. As, as we talked about how I enjoy college conventions over corporate conventions, this one is uh, hosted by North Texas College. Celebrate all things geek. Don't miss the fun at Central, excuse me, Central Texas College's Mayborn Science Theater, August 18th through 20th. Our fan-driven event features activities for kids and adults. It is uh, one, one of the great things about this. It is really free to show up and come in and see the vendors and uh, see the cosplayers and all the presenters that are there it costs you absolutely nothing there are additional things going on like uh, uh videos and movie yeah they got all kinds of stuff with this one i mean stuff. they got cake decorating contests right <laughs> uh, but some of the things you have to you have to buy a wristband for uh and they are going for uh 15 in advance through the august 17th and it's like to get into movie screenings that they have right. there and, and then it's 20 dollars at the door if you didn't buy one in advance which is still dead cheap as conventions go. Yeah. But definitely. we're talking about it because uh, last year, the Central Texas Steampunk Group... They formed. Uh, formed yeah. uh, there at the convention. I watched it happen. And uh, so they are having their basically one-year anniversary, and they mm-hmm. have their own booth there now to present what they've been doing in this last year. And they were really enthusiastic. I'm looking forward yeah, to seeing me too. Uh, what they've done. And you're going to have a booth there, but it's not Steampunk. It's, it's your uh, other... Thing <laughs> we are moving in a steampunk direction because awesome. I'm kind of interested in that that subculture, as you might have guessed. Uh, <laughs> no, so, really, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll be I'll be selling some some uh, uh, jewelry and uh, accoutrements oh, your, that your are steampunk that are starter set. Steampunk. <laughs> uh, so yeah, come out and visit me too. <laughs> I'll probably be sitting there next to him as well because I've been doing that for the past two years. Sure. 
Okay, so we have on the 19th, August 19th, in Houston, the third shindig of the month, Damasi's Mediterranean Buffet. These are the Houston Browncoats. They're, they have, apparently they have a meeting every so often, and this one they're calling it the third shindig of the month. They are going to be meeting on August 19th at 2 o'clock to 5 at the Mediterranean Buffet. They say come and join us for food and fun and fun chats. The cost is about $15 a person. You pay as you enter. It's a pretty tasty Mediterranean buffet. Yeah, we have a Damasi's here. It's yeah, it is tasty. It's very good. And they also have a little note that says, be sure to live the kid- leave the kiddos at home. This event is 18 and up. The address is 5160 Richmond Avenue, Houston, Texas. So, so you know, if you're into Firefly, and who isn't, Yeah, check them out. And in the Houston area, for sure. I, I, I'm going to be so close. I'm going to... Nope, that's next week. Never mind. I'm not going to be in the area. <laughs> all right, then. Never mind. Things could change. You might. Yeah, know. my job sends me all over the place. So that's on the 19th again. All right. August 24th, Thinkery 21 is hosting Come and Make It. Uh, this will be Thursday, August 24th, from 7 to 10 p.m. at the Thinkery, which is at 1830 Simond Avenue, Austin, Texas. Uh, you can get tickets in advance. If you are obsessed with Pinterest, down to DIY, mad for making, come to the Thinkery 21. Come and make it. Grab a cocktail and a glue gun and enjoy an evening of making, tinkering, designing, and drinking at the Thinkery. They, there is a huge, huge... I, I, I don't even want to read all of this. Um, oh, no worries. <laughs> Last episode, I think we read it all, and yeah. it's just a ton of stuff. Yeah, there's more stuff than you can possibly do. And it doesn't seem like they have enough time. Hours. The time period. So you're yeah. going to yeah. have to manage your time carefully and only do what is interesting to you. Uh, Austin Homebrew Supply will be there. Uh, so that's interesting to me. <laughs> uh, so uh, Austin Homebrew Supply will be there uh, enjoy, uh, showing. Uh, how to make beer, wine, and cheese, pickles, and more, and they will have loads of samples to quench your thirst or ease your hunger. So that's definitely going to be one of my stops at Come and Make It. <laughs> but I'm also seeing I, here I like all those things. They're teaching cooking. They're teaching you how to make swords and lasers and chocolate and origami and, and soap <laughs> and nail polish and <laughs> God knows what else. Please don't mix them. <laughs> it, all in two hours. So yeah, you're gonna have to. You have to pick one or two things, and you're not, you can't do it all, unfortunately. Yeah, it sounds like it's a gonna really be so, good it's time. Gonna be, it's gonna be hard to choose because it all sounds fun. Yep, and then uh, the next thing is the 29th. This will be uh, at Elysium Austin. Our friend Aurelio Voltaire and Bella Morte are playing. Tuesday, August 29th, the doors open at 8.30, and the rockin' will be going on until at least 1 a.m. This will be at Elysium Austin, 705 Red River Street, Austin, Texas. $10 advanced tickets are available at Secret October. It'll be 15 at the door. Come on out to Elysium and get your goth on. This isn't his birthday show, is it? No, I believe his birthday's in July. Okay, because I know he usually comes here for his birthday. I think we talked about that in previous episodes when he came. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the other band, but I know I know he's a good he's a good Voltaire's a good he's a good show. Yeah. Yep. Definitely worth checking out. If you haven't seen Voltaire before live, he's a lot of fun. Okay. Yep. I think that's everything in August, but we have a couple things that are going into September now. We're finally got things started up again. Yeah. Uh, summer is clearly on 
it's it's the last legs uh september 1st which is uh labor day weekend uh september uh, 1st and 2nd we have kyle pie in the sky our inaugural kyle pie in the sky i did Inaugural Hot Air Balloon Festival. (gasps) Enjoy hot air balloons, many pie-themed activities, and a Guinness World Record attempt for the most people named Kyle or Kylie in one location. (laughs) Well, that's none of us. Obviously, in the city of Kyle. Kyle. (laughs) I have a friend named Kyle. Maybe I'll try to get him to go. Yeah, I know he doesn't leave the house much, but... uh, I'll I'll figure out a way. Sucker him into going. He went to the Wiener Dog races right after we left. And ties him with pie. And yeah, who doesn't love pie? And, uh, in the sky. Had our balloon festivals we have attended in the past have been a lot of fun mm-hmm. um, and definitely called for for wearing your steampunk yeah. uh, outfits and gear. Ooh, it gives me incentive to finish my jetpack. I can <laughs> so I can debut it and wear it out there. Finish your jetpack, and we need to make a jetpack for our new our new dog. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've heard him in the sh- on the show already. Yes, uh, and then uh, September sixteenth, Houston. We are having a steampunk station at the RRM Fall Fun Fest. That's the Railroad Museum. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, details. We're hosting the steampunk station at the Rosenberg Railroad Museum Fall Fun Fest. Come and help at, or just come and play. Makers, tables, wonderland, croquet, tea dueling, parasol dueling, shooting gallery, photo ops, crafts, and more. Uh, that is all they've written. Cool. Uh, that, but, sounds, that, uh, that sounds like it could be fun. Let's see. Uh, Saturday the 16th, 10 to 5 p.m., rain or shine, fabulous foods trucks, the Texas Flyer, trackless steam train rides, bouncy houses, face painting, crafts and games, so definitely uh, uh, family-friendly. Family-friendly. General admission is $8. This should be a lot of fun. Uh, we, we should probably have more information in the next episode before this happens. Mm-hmm. But, and I believe uh, this is the gang that uh, put on the uh, Bon Voyage party in Galveston for the Steampunk Cruise a couple of years ago. Nice group of people. And so, yeah, this is a, a good bunch of folks. It'll just be fun to hang out with them again. Yeah. Regardless uh, I, I of whatever else happens. I don't think they're hosting it. They're just But going. they're promoting it. Promoting and, it. And, and okay. They're, they're, they're the ones who told me about it. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the, the Rosenberg Railroad Museum actually reached out to them and said, please bring your friends. <laughs> cool. So let's, let's go. This will be cool. Yeah, let's do it. So okay. That's as far as we're going to go into the future and telling you what's going on. But we do have a Kickstarter we want to mention. Oh, yeah. Now, I know you've already pledged on this one, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For the, oh, yeah. the Velveteen Band's second album. Yay. They have 16 days to go. In case we're wondering, we are talking, this is August 6th. 19 or 2017 yeah mm-hmm. so you know if you're listening to it if you listen to it from anywhere from now to 16 days from now you can pledge yes <laughs> and they've already reached uh 200 of their goal yeah they so have. this is going to happen uh we've seen the velveteen band uh, again in oh, man, las vegas they were a blast such a good convention <laughs> and they're they are a hoot and a half and they also have some pretty cool video music videos online too that i've been watching yeah go to youtube and, and look at velveteen band they are fun their vocalist is a high puppet. energy their bassist is a giant white rabbit not a puppet trumpet (laughs) Uh, they're crazy Um, and one of the one of the puppet vocalists sounds just like um, Tom Waits yeah yeah. (laughs) so come see a bodiless Tom Waits puppet thing (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, they're, they're, it's just, just a fun awesome. band all along. I mean, they've already reached their pledge, but if you want to get their album right off the bat, you know, go and, and, and pledge. We have their Good first album. album. It's fantastic. So, and we've yeah. played, we've played uh, at least one song from that. Yeah, we have, I believe. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay. So that should pretty much cover it. Until next time. Mind, mind your gauges. Thanks for listening. This has been the Texas Steampunk Connection. Opening music was the Texas Steer Rag by George Botsford, recorded in 1909. Please like us on Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection. Where you will find a link to all the topics we talked about in this episode. Until next time, mind, mind your, your gauges. gauges.